Thank you very much, Brother Shane, praise team. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn with me to 3 John. Again, if you haven't been with us, not, not John chapter 3, but 3 John, way back toward the very back. Uh, this morning we're finishing up the book of 3 John, so we'll be looking at the last few verses, and it really helps, I think, show us the cohesiveness of the letter as a whole. So this morning in 3 John, I'll begin reading in verse 11, if you would join me there, 3 John 11. John says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God, whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. If y'all would pray with me. Father God, help us to have open hearts, ready to hear and understand your word. Father, help us to have spirits longing for conviction, that if there's something lacking in our lives, an area that we are not like you, that you would show us that, that you would reveal it, and that you would call us to be more like you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so here in, in 3 John, verses 11 through 15, the, the letter wraps up well. Verses 13, 14, and 15 are really just a formal ending to the letter, right? This is a personal letter. John is writing to his friend Gaius, and so in those last few verses... He's writing a greeting, as you would at the end. So we're not going to spend our time this morning looking at that formal ending of the letter, but we're going to spend our time looking at verses 11 and 12, trying to understand them, trying to understand how they help us to understand the letter as a whole, and also trying to glean from them some clear points of application. And so the first thing that probably stands out is that in verse 11, John tells Gaius not to do something and to do something. He says, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. It really stands out because these are the only two clear commands, imperatives in the entire letter. Do not imitate evil. Imitate good. Now, taken in isolation, verses 11 and 12, we could think that they mean lots of things. Right? We, could, we could think about how it's just written to us about imitating evil or imitating good. But I want to show you what I believe John meant when he wrote this to Gaius, which is important for us to understand. Right, The author's intent, what was he writing to say? And this is one of those instances where I think seeing the context of the entire letter really helps us to understand the point of these verses. So let's think back just really quickly about the entire letter, verses 1 through 4, a formal greeting, much like the formal ending that we have here. He, he, he addresses Gaius, he recognizes himself, John, in writing this. And then when he gets to verse 5, that's the body of the letter. This is where he is delivering the message that he wants Gaius to hear. And so in verses 5 through 8, John spends time talking about the good job 
that Gaius has done. He's commending Gaius, right? He says, Gaius, great job supporting faithful missionaries. These faithful missionaries came to you, they came to your town, and they needed support and they needed help, and you supported them. Great job. Good job, Gaius. I am thankful for you. I'm pleased with what you've done. And then he turns very quickly in the next two verses, in 9 and 10, he talks about this brother, Diotrephes, who was doing the opposite. And it's very negative connotation. He says, uh, Gaius, great job supporting faithful missionaries. And then look at Diotrephes, this man who is the opposite. He refuses to support faithful missionaries. Not only that, he refuses to let anybody else in the church support faithful missionaries. Not only that, he kicks out people in the church that do support faithful missionaries. So we see this letter so far has been about supporting Traveling missionaries, right? Supporting people that are faithfully teaching the Word of God. Gaius, great job for doing it. Diotrephes is not doing what he ought to in refusing to do it and not allowing people to do it. And then in the very next verse, that's where we are this morning, verse 11. So in the very next verse, he says, Beloved, and beloved is something that he's called Gaius many times throughout this letter, right? That's dear friend. That's the meaning of that. So he's speaking to Gaius again. He says, Gaius, great job. Diotrephes is doing a terrible job. Dear friend of mine, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. And I believe the force of that isn't just in the broad sense of don't imitate evil, but imitate good, which is true, we understand that. But I believe here it's a very specific, narrow sense of he's saying, don't imitate diatrophies, don't do what he's doing, don't give in and cave in to the pressure around you that's trying to get you to stop supporting faithful missionaries, but instead continue doing what is good. Continue supporting faithful missionaries, continue to help these brothers and sisters that are going around and teaching about Christ that need help. And that's point one, I believe the overarching point of this text. John called Gaius to choose what is right in supporting Demetrius. Demetrius here being a specific missionary. We see that in verse 12 because remember also, John has been very... Very staunch in 2 John and 3 John to say that you do not support missionaries unless you know that they are teaching the truth. Right? In 2 John he says, if you are supporting people that are teaching lies, then you are taking part in that evil work. And then in 3 John he says, if you are supporting missionaries that are teaching the truth, you are taking part in that good work. That's what we ought to do. So he's been very specific you should only support missionaries when you know that you know that they're teaching the gospel and teaching the word of God. And so here he says, don't imitate what is evil, imitate what is good. How can he know that Demetrius would be somebody that's good to imitate? In verse 12, John speaks, he says, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we also add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. So I truly believe this is what's going on here. This entire letter is centered around this. Demetrius is a missionary that John and his church were, were likely sending out to go do mission work. And John knew that Demetrius was going to need some support. He was going to need somewhere to sleep. He was going to need some food to eat. He was going to need somebody in the local community to vouch for him. And so John sends him with this letter and he says, Demetrius... 
go to this city and go find Gaius and give this letter to Gaius. And when you do, I feel confident that you will find the place that you need to sleep and you will find the, the food that you need and you will find a brother that will vouch for you. So then John in the letter specifically addresses Gaius. He says, Gaius, you have done this in the past. You have done what is right and I know that Diotrephes is there, and I know that there is pressure to not support men like Demetrius, but do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Continue to do what you've been doing. Continue to do what we ought to do, because Demetrius is a fellow worker of the truth. And so I believe this, it really ties this entire letter together well. The whole time John has been saying people that are supporting faithful gospel teaching missionaries are doing what they should do and people that are not are doing what they shouldn't do. We should imitate good and not evil. We should also be supporting gospel teaching faithful missionaries as a church, as Christians. That's something that we should be doing. Thankfully, we have some very clear opportunities to do that here just in the near future. You want to talk about clear application of a text. This is the emphasis of 3 John, I believe, is the reminder that when we find brothers that are teaching the Word, that we should support them and we should partner with them and we should do our best to, to not just give to them monetarily, but to support them spiritually and physically in other ways and to care for them and to pray for them. And that if we do that we are fellow workers for the truth, as he says in verse 8, that we can be sharing the gospel in places that we will never go by supporting faithful missionaries. Just next week, we're going to have Cody Cunningham and his family with us. Cody that's from here, right? Y'all know Cody even better than I know Cody, and I know Cody well. He grew up here. He's, he has shared his life with you and his family with you. Some of you are still his family. And he and his family are going to be with us. And they are leaving in a few months and going to Kenya to share the gospel in a place that many of us will never go. And you will have the opportunity to give and support them. And just a month from now, it will be December, and we will be taking up our Lottie Moon offering to support faithful IMB missionaries around the world. And there's an opportunity that we have to support and to give and to apply this text in our life. And so I pray that if you are not supporting missionaries, that if that's something that you haven't done in the past, that the Lord uses this to stir your heart and tell you that that's what you ought to be doing. Not that you feel some pressure from me or from the WMU or for some, but that, that the Lord convicts you that that's what we should be doing, supporting these brothers and sisters that are going and sharing the gospel around the world, that we can take part in things like Operation Christmas Child, right? So many opportunities for us to support work of faithful missionaries and be fellow workers for the truth. But I also want you to see a couple of other clear applications from this because, right, John writes this to Gaius about Demetrius. Now, Demetrius is not at the front door right now needing a meal, right? He's not at the door right now needing a place to lay his head. So you say, Brother Zach, this was a very specific letter, so, so how does this apply to me other than saying that I should also be supporting missionaries. Well, I do believe that this idea that we see in verse 11 of not imitating evil but imitating good does have broader implications as well. Right here, the very narrow implications of, of supporting Demetrius, of doing what Gaius has done before, of not giving into the pressure of diatrophies, but, but we see this as a biblical teaching 
as well, right? Miss Henrietta came just a little bit ago and read from Hebrews 13, 7 that we should look to the leaders of faith that we have, those that have led you and taught you and shown you, and that we should imitate them. In 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul implores that the people would imitate him as he is imitating Christ. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, it says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you have received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. So we see this many places throughout the New Testament, this idea that we should, we should have people that are faithfully living out the Word of God, people that are faithfully following Christ, and that we should work to imitate them. We should be very careful in choosing who we're going to imitate, whose example we're going to follow. Just like Paul said there in, in verse 6, he said, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who's walking in idleness. So we have to be very careful not just to follow anybody, not to just imitate anyone that says that they're a Christian, not to imitate people just because of their position. Right? Sometimes whenever we have a boss or a teacher or a coach, or a Sunday school teacher, it's, it's our, immediate, our immediate inclination to give them respect and honor, which we should, but also to imitate them. Well, this is probably somebody, because of their position, because they have a position of authority, this is probably someone that I should follow. Right? You can go as far as a deacon or a pastor. Well, that's somebody that I should follow. But I think the teaching here is clearly that we need to be careful in making sure who we're following is doing what they should. Because back in 3 John verse 11, he said, Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. And are there people in places of authority, even in the church, that do evil and that are not Christians? It's a shame to say, but I believe, yes, there are. So we have to be very careful. Point two this morning, we must watch who we watch. I was proud of that one. I thought that was pretty catchy. We must watch who we watch. Brothers and sisters, be careful who you're imitating. I believe that we as human beings have an inclination to imitate people, to mimic people, right? You see somebody wearing a shirt or a dress that you really like, and you say, man, I would like to have one like that. Well, you're sitting at a restaurant, and you're trying to decide what orders, and somebody at the table next to you orders something, you say, hmm, I think I would like that. Somebody seems really funny and you say, I want to be funny. Right? Somebody seems really good at sports and you say, well, I want to be really good at sports. We, our hearts long often to imitate and mimic people and things that we see around us. And I think this is a clear calling that that is not bad unless those people that we are imitating are people that are not doing what is right. They are not Christians faithfully living out the Word of God. So we imitate we follow the example of gospel teachers, of people that are living out God's Word, that are following the example of Jesus Christ. And we have to be very careful about that. 
Demetrius here would be that type of person, though. The testimony about Demetrius clearly shows that he is the type of person that you would be able to get behind. The type of person that you could look up to and imitate his walk of life. If you followed him, you'd be headed in the right direction. And I want us to, to look at this verse 12 that is a threefold testimony about Demetrius. John gives us three specific things that talk about and tell us how good of a person Demetrius is. But as you listen to this, I want you to hear it this way. I want you to tune your heart to listen this way. Not just to listen about Demetrius and say, man, as a good brother. Case closed, let's go home. I want you to listen this way. Is what John says about Demetrius applicable to your life? The things that John is saying about him, could they be said about you? Because brothers and sisters, here's the truth this morning for me personally. I don't want to just read about other men that were faithfully living out the Word of God. I don't want to just be impressed because Demetrius did what Demetrius was supposed to. I want to live out the Word of God. I want to be able to say, as Paul said, you imitate me because I'm following Christ. Right? I don't want to stand on the sidelines of life and just say, look, let some other people do good. Let there be men like Paul and let there be men like Demetrius and let them lead and let, them, let people follow them. And I'm just going to kind of sit here and live out my life on the side until I die and get to go to heaven. No, brothers and sisters, I want to live this life abundantly. I want people to be able to say, you know what, I imitated Zach Kilpatrick because Zach Kilpatrick was following Christ that much because he was someone that was living out the word of God so I pray this morning that if you hear these things about Demetrius and you say nobody could say that about me none of those things are true of my life that you would be convicted brothers and sisters to start living this out to be imitators of Jesus Christ right a humble servant who leaves heaven and comes to earth who serves everyone, who loves everyone, who forgives everyone, who is perfect in every way and still dies a terrible death because of the love that he has for us, because of the, the willingness to follow the plan that God had laid out for his life, to offer salvation to all of us through his death. Jesus is the greatest example. Don't let us miss that. Don't, for, don't miss what I'm saying this morning. I'm not saying that following Paul is more important than following Jesus. I'm not saying that following other men and women in your life is more important than following Jesus. I'm saying you follow men and women that are imitating Jesus because the ultimate goal is that we live like Jesus lived. Okay? That's where we're trying to get to. That's what I want to be said of me. Amanda asked me last week when we were walking through the, the cemetery, what would you like written on your gravestone? Maybe I pray that one day you could just write that. He lived like Jesus. Be good to have on there. Listen to this about Demetrius from verse 12. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. Three different sets of people from everyone. Now, did he probably, did he literally mean everyone? Probably not, because if Demetrius was living a Christian life, there were going to be people that that rubbed the wrong way. 
In our society it would, and in his society it did. But among the church people, among the Christians in their community, John says you can ask anybody, and every one of them has a good word to say about Demetrius. Could that be said of you? If we go around the Christian, te- the Christian community, the church, does everyone have something good to say about you? We see it that it comes from the leaders as well. John says that, that he adds his person. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. So among the leaders there, among the church leaders and people that were in those leadership and authority positions, they had good things to say about him, but the one that stands out to me most, the one that I pray could be said about me, and that I pray that you desire could be said about you, is the one that we find in the middle. He says, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone. He ends by saying that we had our testimony, but in the middle he said that Demetrius has received a good testimony from the truth itself. Brothers and sisters, we've talked extensively about the truth in John's letters, and we understand that to mean God's Word, right? The example of Jesus' life, the gospel itself. So this is what John says here. John says, if you know the gospel... If you know the Word of God, if you know what Jesus' life looked like, and you look at Demetrius through that lens, you look at his life through the lens of God's Word, then the two line up. If you know the example of Jesus, and you look at the example of Jesus, and then you look at the life of Demetrius, that truth bears testimony that this brother is a good brother. Now, that's a lot to be said about somebody. If you know what the Bible says and you compare it to his life, the Bible itself tells you that he is a Christian. But that's what he says about Demetrius. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you, could that be said about you? Or... If I go to the community, would people say, yes, he is a good old boy? If I go around the community, would people say, yes, she is a fine lady? But then if I compare your life to the Bible, would I find that maybe in the eyes of the community that you're doing well, but in the eyes of the Word of God, you're not? Brothers and sisters, I pray that this is where we would really line up that when you look at the Word of God and then look at our lives, that the two would match up. That we would be following the example of Jesus so much that when you look at Jesus and when you look at us, the two seem to be in line. We're not going to be perfect. We understand that. But brothers and sisters, that shouldn't keep us from striving to get as close as we can. Until the day that we go home and we are made completely perfect, holy, glorified by Jesus Christ. So this morning I ask you simply, do you even know the truth? Could you use the truth to look at someone else's life, or do you not even know the truth? Do you not know the truth of the gospel? Do you not know the example of Jesus Christ? Do you not, and I know you've heard it, but do you truly know the gospel, that Jesus Christ is God in flesh who left heaven and came in flesh and lived a perfect life and died a perfect death? and came back from the dead, and is alive today, and is coming back to get us one day. Do you know that? Have you experienced that? Do you have faith and belief in that truth? And if so, are you imitating it? Are you watching who you watch? And could others imitate you 
because of the way that you're striving to be like Christ. I pray that you know the truth. I pray that you are careful who you imitate and who you mimic and who you follow. And I also pray that if your children or if my children were to look at you and decide that they were going to try and live the way that you were living, that they would be headed on the right path, brothers and sisters, because that's the way that we're called to live. Joe would pray with me this morning. Father, good, Father God, how good it is to be challenged by your word. Lord, we don't want to sit idly by. We don't want to be people that come in here on Sunday and hear a few words and, and sing a few songs and then leave. Lord, never being changed, never being challenged. But Lord, I want to be challenged by your word. Lord, I want you to continue to sanctify me so that I will continue to look less like the Zach that I used to be and more like you, Lord. Father God, that is only available to us. We know it's only available because Jesus came and died after living the perfect life. Lord, it's available to us through faith that when we believe in you, that you give us your Holy Spirit that empowers us to leave the old us behind and to strive toward what you have set out for us. Father, I pray that, that we are following the, the teaching of this scripture and that we are supporting faithful missionaries. But Lord, I pray that we are also following the teaching of the scripture and that we are imitating what is good, Father, and that we are good people that could be imitated after. Lord, I'm thankful that even if we look around our life and there isn't a single man or woman that is living after you that's worthy of us mimicking, that we do have the example of Jesus, that we have the account of his life, that we have how he interacted with people, how he dealt with trouble, Father, how he dealt with forgiveness, how he truly showed us, not just told us, but showed us how to pray and how to love and how to teach. Lord, I'm thankful that we have that perfect example, the only perfect example, the example of your son, Jesus Christ. So Lord, help us to strive for that. Give us the strength to live out the truth and Father, help us to always be willing to do whatever your word challenges us to do. And it's in the name of your Son, your perfect and holy Son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.